to share some words about Father's Day here in a second, but many things just running through my mind right now about prodigals coming home. I've heard a lot of folks teach on the prodigal son parable, and there's there's a whole group of people who have this uh, really, I think, really great thought, and some say that it really is the prodigal father, that the father is the one who is, um, you know, turning to the son and waiting to see the son uh, come home, that prodigal means like lavish or overflowing, right? Just kind of because the son was just lavish. He was overflowing, you know, in his fleshly life, but really it was the father who had this kind of overabundant love that even while the son was lost in his sin, the father was lost in his love and his affection toward the son. And we live in a world where fathers are often um, relegated to the sidelines and often we do it to ourselves. Some of that is actually natural for a father because a father's role isn't to be up front and center, center stage. A father's desire is to um, propel their children forward. So there's a natural part of fathers that would prefer to be not in the limelight, but subdued. But then there's a counterfeit that Satan has where he, he's the one pushing fathers off into a corner of shame and guilt and woundedness because oftentimes we're just wounded fathers, wounded by our fathers, our family, our parents. I recently heard someone say, we, I was uh, at, a, at a training and we said the phrase, blood is thicker than water. And a person there kind of lovingly, not corrected me, but showed me where that phrase actually kind of came from was that in the early church, it was actually the phrases was in reverse, that they said water is thicker than blood. And they were talking about the baptismal waters that when you are baptized in the water, that you're a part of a family that's thicker than just the natural blood of this earth, that you've actually been engrafted by the blood of Christ and the waters of baptism. So that regardless of whether or not you have an earthly father, there's a heavenly father, there's a heavenly family that we all get to be connected to. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And I just, I guess I just want fathers, I want you to know that in the places that you're unseen, um, you're so seen by Jesus and that he knows what it feels like. The father in heaven knows what it feels like to be cast aside and forgotten um, by children <laughs> who have been given everything yet still rejected him, right? Um, so I just wanna say, I love you guys today. Men, um, you're so valued. Jesus loves you so much. You work hard. There's a couple Bible verses I wanna to read to you guys this morning, and then we're gonna transition into some more worship.
and we're going to take some testimonies from last Sunday. I just want to invite you this morning that if you have a, a healing testimony or a testimony from last Sunday, if you were with us last Sunday, I'd love for you to, um, when the worship begins again, feel free, free to come up and chat with me. We'd love to to pray for you this morning, but also share your testimony. And we want to see the Lord move again this morning. I just really, I'm just stirred this morning that the Lord, you know, if we want to see, like Kelly was saying, the prodigal's sons come home, we have to become a church of prodigal fathers and mothers, but we have to really experience that goodness of God and, uh, and share that with the world. There's a verse in Ephesians. So like I said, we're gonna transition, we're gonna worship. Again, if you have a testimony from last week, we wanna share that, come forward, we'll do that later. But let me share these couple of verses and we'll keep going. And we're just gonna worship the Lord this morning. This is Ephesians chapter six, verse, two, uh, verse one. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, for this is right. Somebody say, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It's quoted from Deuteronomy or from uh, Exodus, excuse me. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So it talks about how fathers, real fathers ought to behave, right? Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline, teaching and instruction of the Lord. So it says, honor your father and mother, honor your fathers. Can we do something this morning just together? I wanna honor our natural fathers here, but can we all just tell God that he's a good father? Can we just take a few moments and just with our own mouths? I think sometimes we, we don't realize, but in a lot of the ways I can do this, I'm pro I probably do this more than anyone, but I can look at church activity and church function. And I can look at all the different ways that we need improvement we need growth and we need to mature here. And in a lot of ways, I'm really just looking at the father and saying, God, if you were a better dad, we'd be a better church. And I just want to look at him and I just want to tell him, dad, you're doing a good job today. Can we do that? Can you guys do that with me? Let's just maybe open our hands and just pray to the Lord and just say it out loud. Father, you're doing a good job with your church. When we look around the world, when we look at King's church, it's easy to see all of our blemishes, all of our mistakes and failures. It's easy to point out our sin. And, but sometimes, Lord, when we do that, we're really just accusing you of not being a good dad, that if you were a better dad, things would just be better in the earth. And Father, I just want to acknowledge you this morning. You really are a good father. You're not just lyrics to a good song. We love you, Papa. You're a good father, God. You're so faithful to us. You're so extravagant in your love towards us. You discipline us, you correct us. You have gentleness towards us. 
just thankful. There's another verse in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 4. It says, verse, this is 1 Corinthians 4, 14. Some of us haven't just been hurt by our natural fathers. Some of us have been hurt by church leaders, church fathers. Male or female, it doesn't matter. But I love 1 Corinthians 4 because Paul is defining the ministry of the apostles. It's like if you want to read what a church leader is supposed to be exhibiting, like this is your proof text right here. Go and read 1 Corinthians 4, and you're going to read from Paul exactly how those in leadership are supposed to be behaving. Not just behaving, exhibiting. And it's all about sacrifice. It's all about surrender. Paul actually talks about the apostles as the scum of the world. They're, they're actually just being rejected and kicked around and beaten and broken. But all they're doing is pouring out for their spiritual children. And that's what fathers are called to do. And Paul says in verse 14, I do not write these things to make you feel ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides, the word countless in Greek means you have 10,000s of 10,000s. Though you have so many guides, you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. And then Paul says, I became a father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then to be imitators of me. I just wanna encourage us this morning. We have a lot of teachers. Not all teachers are fathers, but all fathers can teach. And I just wanna urge men this morning to go to the Lord, imitate Paul as Paul imitates Christ. And let's learn how to be fathers together, okay? Amen. We love you, gentlemen. Uh, everyone else, when you, when you see a father in here today, would somebody take a few moments to pray for them and bless them? Amen. King's Church.